I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Producer Raheem Shabazz continues the elementary genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today, we're going to talk about the hurricane that is wrecking havoc in the state of Texas. We're going to hear a clip from a sister that's on the ground, and she's giving us a play-by-play on what's occurring in Texas. And then we also going to hear a clip that was played on CNN, where you had this white European reporter was asking another sister about the tragedy that she went through, which was five hours, if I'm not mistaken, of waiting to be rescued. And while this young lady is shivering with her daughter, and they had just entered a shelter, this lady constantly keeps sticking the microphone in her face. And that just goes to show you how people do not have no empathy for those that are suffering and compassion for what is happening in Texas. So we're going to play those two interviews, and then I got my man in the building, Kalanji Changa from the FTP movement. And he is here to discuss with us an organization that he is a part of called Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. And this family is a very important organization, and I employ everyone to go check out their website, to go check out their Facebook, and also get your survival preparedness kit know what is essential what is essential and what you should have and why you should have it. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about some other things. So make sure y'all tune in, make sure you share this broadcast with your friends and family members because we want everyone to know that 
we are a community that no matter what travesty that we go through, that we will rise and that we will persevere and that we don't give up. This clip right here is from the sister named Funi Fi, and she's out on the ground in Texas, and she has something to say. Y'all stay tuned. Check this out. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. The rescue helicopters um, in the neighborhood, we've had uh, emergency vehicles in and out of our neighborhood all day. Um, I'm guessing that the flooding is going to get closer because I didn't hear these vehicles yesterday. <sighs> the fighting has begun. If you guys are getting reports on the outside about fighting going on in Houston, let me tell you why. There are, I'm getting reports in from black neighborhoods that the rescue workers are passing them up. And not just passing them up, racial slurs are being heralded at us, and it is getting really, really ugly. So if you want to know what's happening on the inside, I'm telling you, we just ran into this racist problem. Uh, pay attention to who they are rescuing, who's in those boats. Because we're getting ourselves out. We're, <laughs> it, it's, it's becoming an inside job that we're getting ourselves out, y'all. So, just in case you wanted to know, um, some people are saying that uh, Lakewood Church is open now. He gets no kudos for that shit from me. None. That your ass has to be shamed into it. So when were you lying? Before or after? But I'm going to leave that alone. Um, so just in case you guys want to know, this is turning into a life and a sincere life and death situation for black folk here. Because when your rescue workers and your first responders are passing you up, it gets real. Especially when you have babies like everybody the hell else. We pay our taxes like everybody the fuck else. You know, when it's funny that they'll pick up, they'll pick up, they'll pick up the Mexican immigrants before they pick up, you know, black Americans that have obviously been here since knee high to a fucking slave ship. So. I'm just going to put that out there just in case they start talking to y'all about, you know, we're looting and we're doing all this crazy shit. No, people are trying to get the fuck out the water with their families. And when you see help and help passes you by, fight or flight set in, y'all. And it's just as simple as that. You have babies. You have your mom. You have your dad. Who You got yourself. And then you have a rescue worker who's throwing uh, racial epitaphs at you, laughing, rolling on. You know, I ain't trying to be funny, but Mr. Rescue Worker, you'd lose that boat if it was me. So I'm happy that I'm high and dry, so I don't have to deal with such things. But there are people who are dealing with this. And we need y'all to know from the inside because they're not going to tell you that they're doing this from the outside. They're not going to tell you. They're going to they're gonna put their spin doctors on it. They're going to put the propaganda machine on it. 
and make it out that we're the bad guys. Not that we're trying to live and survive like everybody the hell else. But we're not going to talk about these floodplains either, being in minority neighborhoods and them selling these people these homes. Overpriced. Knowing that they were going to flood them every three years. We ain't going to talk about that either. Y'all wonder why we're stressed? These are the reasons that we stressed. I ain't, I ain't hardly freaking slept. Um, please, y'all. We got nobody to rely on but ourselves at this point. Here is an interview with a sister named Rosa Flores that made it to a shelter. And there was a news anchor that was trying to interview her. You got to understand Everything is not a new story. Some people are going through grief. They need healing. And then maybe afterwards, you can interview them. And this is what a lot of people in the dominant society don't understand. So check this clip out, family. People there, and I see you're standing with some, uh, some folks there right now, including a little girl who I guess uh, has to deal with all of this as well. What can you tell us? Let me introduce you to Danielle here. Danielle, you just arrived. Share with us how you were rescued. Some guys had uh, called our phone and we was waiting for the police for like 36 hours and they never came. And we was waiting at the home. We did the white flags and everything and nobody came. But then somebody had called the phone after we decided to leave the house and we had walked to the gas station with the kids. And then they had called and came and picked us up. But we had been there like five days with, with no food and no lights and nobody came like nobody came now you're with your children we've heard of stories of, of mothers trying to save their children from the rushing waters can you ex tell us how we that was four feet of water to go get them food on the first day yeah that's a lot of shit but y'all sit here, y'all trying to interview people during their worst times. Like, that's not the smartest thing to do. Like, I'm people sorry. are really breaking down and y'all sitting here with cameras and microphones trying to ask us what the fuck is wrong with us. So I'm so and sorry. And you're really trying to understand it with the microphone still in my face. Sorry. With me shivering cold. With my kids wet. And you still putting a microphone sorry, in man. my face. Sorry. Uh, Rosa Flores, uh, it sounds like you've got a very upset family there. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, from that uh, and we'll get back to you later on. Uh, Rosa Flores in Houston for now, let's get to the podcast. So, Kalanji Changa, my brother, how are you doing? Man, I'm alive on arrival. What up, Raheem Shabazz? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And my heart goes out to everybody that has been affected by this hurricane. We don't realize how blessed we are as individuals. It is only through tragedy and seeing what's going on around the world and how others are suffering that we then realize how blessed we are. So, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know Kalanji Changa. He is not a stranger to Necessary Blackness podcast. I think this might be the third or fourth time that this brother has been up here. So, Kalanji, I want you to tell those that don't know, what is the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute? Why is it important that those that are in our community should join? And what are some of the upcoming events that you may have 
that people could attend so they could learn more about the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. First and foremost, thanks for um, having me on. I think this is actually the, the second time I was on, but it was so heavy duty, it seemed like it was double time. So that's what it is. Um, always happy to be at Necessary Blackness. Urban Survival Preparedness Institute, we call it uh, Preppers with Politics. Basically, it's a, um, it's a initiative which is co-chaired by myself and... Um, by Logun Ojatade, the African Martial Arts Institute. We deal with everything from um, uh, preparedness on an urban perspective, uh, everything from dealing with police terrorism to man-made and natural disasters. Right now, it's a lot of action in the streets. There's a lot of things going on. We got the, the racism, white supremacy thing going on um, from the whole alt-right situation to Trump to Charlottesville, um, and then also we have what's going on in Sierra Leone where you had the mudslide, which a thousand people have been uh, have lost their lives. And now the recent situation here uh, in Houston, where you have uh, so many deaths and, and, and displaced individuals out there. So the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute, you know, we believe that um, Anyone that calls themselves an organizer or an activist or a freedom fighter, they have to have a survival and preparedness mechanism. So um, Urban Survival Preparedness Institute, you know, that's what we're about. We're about, um, you know, getting our people to safety, uh, not just in a, in a hurricane situation, but in an everyday life situation. Right now here in America, over 800 people have been murdered by the police this year alone. You know what I mean? So we know that that has to do with survival preparedness. We know that we are 14 percent of the U.S. population as far as African or folks or, or black folks in, here in America. We know that uh, with those numbers, 67 percent are currently incarcerated, 67 percent of that 14 percent, excuse me, of the U.S. population, you know, 67 percent black folks. So we know that it is a crisis. In America, we know that we have to survive and we got to be prepared. So the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute not only teaches us how to survive, um, you know, these disasters, but also have an understanding as to why we should fight and be on the right side of history. Now, you mentioned in your closing that we need to fight and be on the right side of history. Now, one of the things that we have to be mindful of is that when we are fighting, we are fighting those that oppress us. And those that oppress us, we cannot look to for help when we in dire need, especially a situation such as what's going on in Houston, Texas, because we know that it's self-preservation. And they're going to save themselves and their family first before they save anyone. So here in Atlanta, I know there are several organizations However, I understand that the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute is probably one of the premier organizations that deals with everything from self-defense to surviving and also dealing with health and, you know, growing crops and having and producing your own food. And I think that is the key to everything. I was just watching a video of a young lady where she was letting people know the brothers that's on the ground and they're actually in the streets rescuing people and helping people. And she told them, brothers, that anytime you want to, you can come to my garden for a whole year and everything is free for you. 
And she said that they can come today, tomorrow, because where she's at wasn't effective. So after that, I see long lines of Kroger. I see pictures, Best Buy. They had 24 um, bottled waters for $42. You know, they upped the price because it's all about supply and demand. So you have to understand that we need urban gardens. We need to grow our own food. And that's just one of the main components that we need in order to survive. Can you give us three essential surviving tactics for those that are caught in a situation that's an emergency? You know, that that's like a, that's a serious question, you know what I mean? Because of the fact that I guess it'll depend on what the emergency is. But I, I like to say that um, rather, rather than waiting to the last minute and, and, and we have a situation where there's um, hundreds of feet of water, you know, and there, there's there, there's floods and there's, you know, tanks in the street and, and, and the Red Cross and, and FEMA and all these folks are coming out to, quote unquote, save you. You know, the thing is, you know, we have to be prepared in advance. And that's one of the things, you know, Urban Survival Preparedness Institute and a number of other different institutions have been teaching for years. You know, um, we should borderline. You know, not to not to um, be disrespectful because that's definitely my intent. Not my intent. You know, we should be embarrassed that it's 2017 going on 2018, and we're still talking the same old two step. You know what I mean? We've seen Katrina. We've seen uh, what went on in Haiti. We see how these folks get down. You know what I mean? So it's inevitable. It's inevitable that we're going to run into some type of crisis. So the thing is, at this stage in the game, we have to a First of all, join an organization. Join an organization who's serious, that is serious about our survival. It doesn't have to be the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. It doesn't have to be the FTP movement, Mama's Army, um, Seattle, you've caught any of these other type of organizations. It can be whatever organization is in your area that's putting in that work. There's a number of different organizations that, um, that have been on the ground, that have been you know, talking this talk and walking that walk. You know what I mean? A lot of times... Our people want to invent or reinvent the wheel. We want to uh, start some type of new organization, a new formation, and that's mainly based off of ego. You understand what I'm saying? The thing that that I love about our organizations and the organizations that we work with around the country and around the world is that we get with the, the, the best people that we possibly can. We get with folks who are experienced. We get with folks who, um, who are, 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 a great, are great at what they do who practice, who train, and study. And that's what's important. You have to definitely join an organization. You have to train with some folks who are qualified. You have to study. You got to research. And first and foremost, more importantly, you have to be prepared. You understand what I'm saying? So the thing is, um, I don't know what to tell a, tell anyone after you're already in the middle of the mix when the police are already going upside your head. I don't know what to tell you, but block and run or fight back if you can. You know what I mean? But for me to give you uh, a solution when you're already nine, ten feet underwater, I mean, you know, that that's kind of it's kind of irrelevant. You wouldn't be hearing me anyway. All right. Now you mentioned being prepared so we don't have to rely on organizations such as Red Cross. Now, family, I've been seeing those that say they are about the movement and those that know better tweeting out and um, sharing on their Facebook page for those that want to give donations to donate to Red Cross. 
I'm going to say me personally, Red Cross would not get a dime from me. As y'all remember, when Haiti had its situation, over $500 million went to Red Cross. In family, they only built six houses. So Red Cross don't get no money. There's an organization that I know about personally that if you're in the Houston area, you should support. And this organization is called the National Black United Front, and they're known for feeding the hood. And they are doing a collection of non-perishable goods, water, toiletries, diaper, baby formula, uh, new socks, back-to-school uniform, and cleaning supplies. So make sure you look that organization up. Make sure you donate to that organization. And it's an individual you can contact. His name is Malik Muhammad. And his number is 832-880-2791. And guess what, family? You do not have to be in Houston to donate or to help in their Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Now, Kalanji, I know that you are familiar with this organization. In fact, I see that you yourself have posted it on your uh, Facebook page. And this organization is... um, out of Baltimore too, right? I'm, I'm not. I know they. Uh, I know Inbuff has chapters in places like Chicago and also uh, DC and Houston. Um, we've been allies and comrades with uh, Kofi Tahaka. Kofi Tahaka is the national chairman of uh, of the National Black United Front, and they put in all types of work on a political level. You know what I'm saying? Not just feeding folks. They're a political organization. Um, they're they're hands-on. They're, they're grassroots. And when we're talking about supporting the community, they're, they're folks who are actually out there. I noticed that um, I've seen several different organizations. Whenever we have tragedies like this and we have situations like this, we have folks who create organizations, you know, because they feel, and, and many of them are sincere. You know what I mean? Or they feel sincere, but they create something new because in their minds and their heads and their hearts, ain't nobody doing nothing. And usually people that say that are people who are not in the grassroots sector, 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 people who are not, um, you know, not active in the community. You can't possibly know what's going on in the community if you gauge that through Facebook or tweets or Instagram. That's not the, the litmus test. You have to actually be where the people at in order to know what's going on. So I know that MBuff is one of those organizations that put in work. Um, you know, so we definitely want to make sure that you show support their efforts. You know what I mean? They've everything from the Sandra Bland situation to so many other situations in the past, they've been at the forefront making things happen. So um you want to support organizations like that. You want to be um uh leery of any type of organization, not just Red Cross, not just uh FEMA. You know, we can recall when we talk about Haiti, we can recall uh some of your favorite rapper, Wyclef and Yale. You know what I'm saying? Um you know, Wyclef stuck a whole lot of people up. You know what I mean? He stuck a whole lot of people up for that bread, you know, and, and he was on the wrong side of history, on the wrong side of track. So in the words of Imam Jamil, formerly H-Rap Brown, to be black is necessary, but it ain't sufficient. A lot of times we get caught up in what the, the melanin content is. You know what I'm saying? We get caught up in, in how dark a person look, you know what I mean, or how tough they talk. That don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Um, I posted on Facebook earlier just talking about how you got people 
uh, arguing about whether, you know, this is a government um, situation, whether it's harp or whether it's natural disaster and, and, and about Joel Osteen and, and his white ass and his church, you know what I'm saying? And TD Jakes, what they doing, so on and so forth. Honestly, I don't have the luxury to sit back and worry about what someone else is not doing. The reality is we have to look at ourselves and say, what are we doing? We can't wait and, and wait and debate whether Colin Kaepernick taking a knee um, is, is sufficient for the black community. That's his job. You got to ask yourself, what's your job? You know what I'm saying? What, what side of the fence you going to be on? What side of the barricade you going to be on? Because of the fact that right now in this day and age, we have to be mindful of the fact that we are absolutely at war. We're in the middle of a war right now. We have to make a decision. You know what I mean? It, it, is, it is an honor. And I say this with sincerity. It is an honor to have a president like a Donald Trump. It is an honor to have him. Now, some of y'all are going to take this and be like, what does he mean? I mean that it is necessary that we finally have in office a white boy that's going to tell you that he don't really give a fuck about you and that America doesn't care anything about you either. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's necessary. Because it's like a, a rapist. The presidents before Trump, you know, they were the rapists that, that kiss on you and, and, and hugging on you and rubbing your head and all of this. And, and you might get confused into thinking, well, maybe, maybe they love me. Well, they did kiss me. You understand what I'm saying? The object is not to be raped. Trump, he just straightforward, like, look, boom, this is what it's about. You know, we about to do this. You understand what I'm saying? So there's no mistakes it's, it's no uh, misunderstandings. This is global white supremacy at its finest. And here you, here you are, you have this guy who is full throttle with it. And he's attracting, he's attracting all these folks who's always been here because of the fact that a lot of people are blaming him saying that, you know, all the races are coming out because of Trump. No, the race has been here. So you should be happy that you know that your neighbor is, is a, a full-blooded, no-good racist cracker. You should be happy that these Confederates are raising their flags so you can see exactly where the targets are. You understand what I'm saying? Before you didn't know any better, so you was confused. You was thinking that uh, racism didn't exist in America and this is post-racial America and, 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 and that we had a black president and, and, and since Obama was in office, things changed and all this type shit. We get caught up in the sidetracking of the slave. We get caught up in um, worrying about who the president is, opposed to um, what that title means. You understand what I'm saying? What that position means to you. And no matter who's in office, whether it's Donald Trump or Donald Duck, you're going to get fucked. Donald Trump or Donald Duck? <laughs> well, I think we got uh, both of them in office. Because uh, Donald Trump is a duck. But... One thing I notice, you know, on social media, you have people, and I mean, they are literally arguing about whether Joe Alstein is a racist, and you have people that saying, <laughs> you know, all year long, you know, y'all go against the black church and Jesus, and you know, y'all pro-black individuals, now y'all want this man to open up his church. Let me explain something to y'all family. If I was in Houston, and I haven't stepped in the church in probably about, well, I went to a couple of funerals, but other than that, I probably haven't stepped in the church in probably about 10, 15 years. And if I was in Houston, 
I don't see a church. You know what I see? I see dry land and a building. So that argument about the church and this, that, and the other, you know, when when you in a crisis like that, you you know, you, you're not thinking about religion. But for those that know and those that study history and those that never forget, Joe Alstein was one of Trump's biggest supporters. So you know he racist and, and he dealing with white supremacy. And here it is that his stadium, which has been converted into a church because the Rockets used to play there, is in walking distance from downtown, in walking distance from the neighborhood that is proliferated with drugs and crime. And if he's not trying to help or stop that, do you think he care about hurricane victims? But listen, it's not his job to stop that. These are neighborhoods that we live in and we have to take control of our neighborhoods. And taking control of it is not only policing your community and being in control of your school board, but preparing for tragedies such as this self. Now, you was going to say something, brother? Yeah, I was actually going to say, you know... um, you brought up a valid point when you said you see land and, and, and the grass and the building, so on and so forth. You know, um, we, we got to get gully. What I mean by that is... Um, they waiting for him to open the door. Y'all could have went in there and opened the door yourself. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, um, it, it's a crisis. If it's an emergency and I'm in a situation, let me tell you something. If a pit bull is chasing your ass and it's a car parked on the side of the road, and the only way you're going to get rid of that, get, get away from that pit bull, what you going to do? You jumping on top of the car. You don't care if this Mr. Joe car from down the street. You don't care if, uh, you know, it's a police car or whoever car. It's either you get bit by the dog or not. Now, I'm not throwing no slugs or anything like that because of the fact that I don't know what brothers and sisters down in Houston did. But I'm talking about some of these other folks who's uh, in, in the stadium. Who's on the on the uh, the sidelines talking about telling other people how to play football? You know what I'm saying? It's easy to be in the stands and try to talk about who suck and who don't know the ball when when your ass don't even know how to play. You know what I mean? You watching the game on TV and you talk about who don't know how to play ball when you know damn well you can't beat them. So the thing is, when we are in a serious crisis and a serious situation and it's going down like that, look, man, I'm not waiting for nobody to open shit. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't have those luxuries. I won't be the dude knocking on Joe Osteen's door. You know what I'm saying? We'll be up in Joe Osteen's house if we need to. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, fuck a Joe Osteen. Because at, at that stage, which it, with, with Joe Osteen and, and, the, and the Houston police and all these other folks would have to do, is they would have to uh they would have to heighten the contradictions. They would have to start either locking us up or gunning us down. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that these folks broke into this church, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, and, and if they come in to lock you up, then uh, shit, I guess that's the rescue, huh? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because let me tell you something. We to open that church, man. <laughs> we to open them doors like it was the pearly gates of heaven. You know what I mean? And then we would have told them God sent us. Now we need to pray for you because you got to get up out of here. Yeah, man. Fuck Joe Osteen, man. You know what I'm saying? Donald Trump and, and all these other folks. Who cares if Donald Trump comes to, to say anything to the victims in Houston? We know the motherfucker don't mean it if he does. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, 
that that's irrelevant. Right now, it's about us um, saving our brothers and sisters who are who are going through this situation, assist them in whatever way we can. And when I say save them, no, I'm not. We we can't be so arrogant as if you know we have the answers. We don't have all the answers, but we do what we possibly can. You understand what I'm saying? And um, aside from that, we just you know we save ourselves. We have to get prepared. No matter where you are in America, you could be in Atlanta. You could be in D.C., Oakland, V.A., wherever, wherever a disaster can strike at any time. It don't have to be a flood. It could be police. It could be white supremacists. It could be whatever. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be prepared. The Urban Preparedness Survival Institute, that's our particular joint. Um, There are plenty of other brothers and sisters around the country that's putting in that soldier work. You know, look for us on Facebook. Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. And, um, you know, we appoint you to the right people in your area. You know, we have allies. There are a number of different good organizations, people that put that work in around the country. I don't want to fool you or trick you into thinking that we're the supreme potentate or our organization is the only way. No, I'm not saying that. That's bullshit. A lot of these elitist Negroes want y'all to believe that. They want you to believe that they're the saviors for society. They want you to believe that they are the the the, the godfathers and the princes and the presidents and all the other bullshit that's irrelevant. You know what I mean? Fuck all that. At the end of the day, what are we doing as a whole to survive America? It's not just about Houston. It's bigger than Houston. There's going to be another Houston and another Houston and another Katrina and another Haiti. You understand what I'm saying? Shit. I mean, you know, a week before this whole situation in Houston went down, you know, we have uh, what went on in the continent. We're talking about, like I mentioned earlier, you're talking about over a thousand people, a thousand people in Sierra Leone that, 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 that perished from a mudslide. And many more mi- missing. Unfortunately, we didn't hear this type of coverage on the media. Why? Because it was in Africa. Because it was in Sierra Leone. You know what I mean? So we didn't hear about that tra- tragedy. Or many people heard about it and they didn't budge. They didn't lift a finger. They didn't send out a tweet. And I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not the dude that's monitoring uh who said what? Because I get some people talking about, I ain't see you post anything about such and such. Probably because I was there, motherfucker, so I ain't had time to post. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I don't get caught up in, in who ain't posting what and all of that because of the fact that when we talk about charity, like they say in Islam, your 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 right hand should uh, in giving should be so discreet that your left hand don't even know what's going on. You understand what I'm saying? Because of the fact that it's not about, you know, how many photos or videos that we can take or make it's about what are we doing in real time how are we assisting our fellow man our brothers and sisters that's what it's about at the end of the day that's what it's about at the end of the day we already know that joel osteen's a crook we know that donald trump's a crook we know that these 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 crackers up in Char- charlottesville um you know they've been who they were so you know we knew these confederate statues represented bullshit for, for hundreds of years, now all of a sudden we're excited. Now all of a sudden we want to take the Confederate flag down. That sounds good. Fuck those flags and those statues. We're worrying about the mind state right now. You know what I mean? And we know that these are some, um, some, some megalomaniacs, some racists, and some sick individuals. And we got to figure out, you know, how are we going to become immune to this shit? Now, I want, also want to point out, because of the fact you get a lot of people online popping off talking about, you know, oh, these, these, these white folks are trained. They got these militias and they've been doing such and such and such. Well, train. Nothing's, nothing's stopping you from training. 
I'm not with that inferior superior bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not make I'm not placing nobody above me and mine. You understand? If if you're not up to par, then get up to par. Get up to par. Stop telling me about it's more white folks than black folks and all that shit. That's some cowardice shit. I'd rather you just shut the fuck up. Straight up. Now, I know some of y'all don't like my cursing, you know what I mean? The views and opinions of Kalanji Jamachanga might not be the views of, of, of necessary blackness, but it's damn so necessary for my blackness. And that's what it's all about right there. Nah, we can we can uh we can definitely curse on here. I know that, you know, I would hope that individuals that do broad, uh listen into our broadcast, you know, I know we have men, women, and child. So, you know, I know this might not be um, for everyone's ears, but it's definitely a necessary message, and we're going to let the chips fall where they may. Now, Kalanji, before we wrap up, I want you to um, leave us with some closing words and also let us know how we can get involved in the Urban Preparedness Institute, what's going on with FTP, and what other upcoming events you have because i always get hit yo what's going on in atlanta yo what's what events can i attend you know better than i know <laughs> i've been out of the loop for a minute so what events is going on and um how can people find you you know wrap it up um basically events as far as events if you're on facebook we have a calendar that we push it's the atlanta community culture and activism calendar that's atlanta community culture and activism calendar if you're in the Atlanta area, it's the best way to stay in tune, not just with uh, pieces and, and things that we're doing in the community, but with a number of other different organizers, promoters, you know, and activists are doing in the Atlanta area. So that that's one way to stay in tune on that level. As far as with the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute, um, you can look for, look for us on Facebook, um, type in at the USPI, at the USPI. That's the Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. As far as what's going on with FTP movement, FTP is a movement. You know what I mean? So um, USPI is what's going on with it. Siafu Youth Corps is what's going on. The Mama's Army is what's going on. The African Martial Arts Institute is what's going on with FTP movement. Um, the Black August Organizing Committee is what's going on with the FTP movement. So we are constantly at work. We are constantly, you know, the National Coalition to Combat Police Terrorism. We're constantly at work. Because we recognize that we're at war. So um, more importantly than any event is what we do in our lives. How can folks get involved? You can look for uh, look for us on Facebook, uh, the FTP movement, FTP movement. Um, look for us at National Coalition to Combat Police Terrorism or Urban Survival Preparedness Institute. You know, one of those things will pique your interest. We got something for everybody. And shout out to our sister organization, Mama's Army, because they putting in that serious work out there in the streets. And they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not, a, a lot of times you see the quote unquote popular crowd. You, you hear about certain names and, you know, you see certain YouTube channels and all of that. That's, that's, that's cute. But in the real world, you know what I'm saying? In the real world, these, these folks are putting in that real work. You don't even see them. You don't even know who they are. And I got to tell you, we got some serious sisters out there that put in that soldier work. You know what I'm saying? Sisters like Ebony Joy and Ocean Koya and uh, Yala Goon and, 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 and uh, Shango uh, Wumi and so many other sisters that's putting in that work. And their names, it don't sound familiar, but that work, 
that work is very familiar. You know what I mean? So shout out to the sisters. This is the year of the black woman. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we represent from man, woman, and child. Shout out to Raheem Shabazz. You know what I mean? My man, Mamelo. I want y'all to go out there and make sure y'all get that trilogy. Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3. 3 just dropped. You know what I mean? Um, go to elementarygenocide.com. Make sure you cop that. Um, matter of fact, I'm in part two. Ho! Elementary Genocide 2. Um, make sure you get that because the brother, you know, you have a lot of filmmakers out here. You know what I mean? You have some legitimate cats and you got some folks that's just straight on bullshit. And I'm saying that. And a lot of people don't like me saying it. No, I'm, I'm not hating. I'm just telling you what the facts are. You know what I mean? Shout out to Freedom Home Academy. We will be opening up Freedom Home Academy Atlanta in the fall, late fall, Freedom Home Academy Atlanta. Um, we have Freedom Home Academy in Chicago. You know what I mean? Check us out. Check out Freedom Home Academy. You know, because that's 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 what we have for the youth. That and the Seattle Youth Corps, our African Boys and Girl Scout program. Listen, man, um, a lot of people might think that, you know, this dude always talking shit. Yeah, I do. I do. You know what I'm saying? I get kind of cocky with it. Why? Because of the fact that um, you know, about that work, man. We are about that work. I'm I'm a part of I am I am so happy not only to be an African, but I'm so thrilled to be with uh with, with the Siafus, with, with the People's Army, with these, these army ants, because of the fact that there's no big eyes and little U's. We, we, we do this. We do this. And it's more than just some empty shell of an organization with a whole bunch of uh, uh, numbers. It's not about that. You know what I mean? It's more about the content. It's more about the content. You know what I mean? So we appreciate y'all. You know what I mean? My people in Houston... Hold your head up. We're riding with y'all. You know what I mean? And I already know, I already know there's soldiers on the ground out there, so you don't need me out there. You know what I mean? But however I can assist from afar, then, you know, when I say I, I'm talking about our collective, our organization, our community. You know, we there. Salute. There you have it. That's my brother, Kalanji Changa. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast. And Kalanji, before you go, um, this is the end of Black August, and I know you have done an event, and the theme of your event was the Year of the Black Woman, and it was during All Natural. Tell people about that event, some of the activities that you had, because I seen Facebook going crazy, I seen the posts, and unfortunately I was in LA, I wasn't able to join you, I was there last year and the year before that, and I'll be there next year, because guess what, this ain't a one time, this ain't a one off. This brother does this every year. It's free. It's open to the community. And man, I know I missed a good thing. So tell, tell, tell us uh, what type of activities you had and um, what's the whole situation about um, Black August? No doubt. First off, um, you just reminded me of something very important because today is the born date, the birthday of one of our favorite freedom fighters, one of our favorite revolutionaries, Chairman Fred Hampton of the Black Panther Party. Today would have been his uh, his born date. So, so you know what I mean, free Fred. You know what I mean. Um, you know that 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 is a legend. So we talking about Black August. We can't forget Chairman Fred. We had a number of different activities. Um, we had uh, we had uh, some training on some some weapons training. Um, um, one of our sisters. Uh, from the group of lady with a gun, our sister Nandi did a a a powerful workshop on uh, arms training for sisters and others. You know what I'm saying, sisters and brothers. 
You know what I mean? So that that was real awesome. Our brother uh, Balogun Ozitade, he did a serious piece on the uh, African martial arts dealing, dealing with uh, warrior women, you know, their survival more or less. There was a, a situation uh, that took place where one of the sisters did a piece on, on uh, mental health. So we dealt with mental health. We dealt with the physical. We dealt with the spiritual. So a whole lot of good things went on. Um, we had a lot of activities for the children. My son, shout out to my son, Kayvon, um, from, from Up Bounce House. You know what I'm saying? He came through with the bounce houses and everything. That Sunday, we had the um, we had African martial arts. We had a full training day, 5K run, Black August 5K run for freedom. We had, um, like I said, uh, high-intensity training workout session. We did uh, comedic yoga with our brother, uh, Tenisio Sinema. We also had uh, archery courtesy of the National Black Archers Association. So we put in that work and we're looking forward to putting in a whole lot more work. You know what I mean? All those activities were free. And, um, you know, according to the community word on the streets is, you know, they love it and they dug it. You know what I mean? And they always thinking of it. Ah, anyway, salute y'all. Peace and Black Power family. That's it for us here at Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. And we'll see you next week same time each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And for those that are interested in advertising on our platform, make sure you send an email to Necessary Blackness Podcast at Gmail. And once again, family, make sure if you haven't already purchased your copy of Elementary Genocide 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and now Elementary Genocide three academic holocaust you can go directly to our website elementarygenocide.com get you a copy we also on amazon you can stream it on amazon and you also can buy the dvd peace family